Mike's Video Game Podcast. I miss you, Mike. Hello, and welcome to Mike's Video Game Podcast. I'm Mike Geig. And I'm Mike Wu. And this is episode 11. Yes. And it's been a really long time. Mm-hmm. Very uh, long Since we've time. done this. Episode 10 was, episode X was just yeah. too extreme. Yeah. Uh, we had to recover from, yeah. from that, all that extremity. We went repelling and then base jumping right afterwards because <laughs> we were that extreme. So we're back after the holidays and... And foot surgeries mm-hmm. and and traumas of many varieties. Uh, Mike, how's your foot? Good. Excellent. You, I haven't I, had to take any painkiller for it. I put salt down on the walkway. Thank you. Because I thought if Mike slips and like breaks his <laughs> other toe or something like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel like a jerk. So. <laughs> That's much nicer than what my wife made me do, which is to go out with a broom to sweep the snow off of her she car. She made you do that? Because I told her that the night before, you better park the car in the garage because it's going to snow tomorrow. And she forgot to do it. And so, Tell you, in man. a rush. Oh, man. So we're joined here with a special guest speaker tonight. I'm joined by the Ice Giant. And I'm oh. accompanied by, I think, the Fire Demon or Troll. What does it look like? Which one did you get? I don't know. He's a he's a, a dude with a f- huge scimitar. Is that what you say? Or a scimitar? Oh, what do you call it? Scimitar. Scimitar. Uh, no, they didn't really have scimitars in invite. So we're, we have figures here from this Blood Rage board game. Vikings didn't have scimitars, did they? Well, this thing is Has this a, big, jagged. Maybe it's a Balrog. Then maybe that's curved sword with flames coming off of it. Yeah, we'll just call it. We'll call it a Balrog. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? It does have he's a, got a dreadlocks with it. skulls at the end. Well, who doesn't? And I mean, he's got like uh, feet or hands for feet. <laughs> and a big Aztec. I wish then he had feet for hands. <laughs> and so like <laughs> right. he could just like right. kick with the force or punch with the force <laughs> yeah. of kicks or something like that. Or just his hands always smell bad. <laughs> and so he turns into a life of yeah. evil. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we digress. Um, cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, a lot's been happening. Uh, different uh, shows and the holidays and all that stuff, and oh, so much stuff. So yeah. buying this, board games that I'll never play. We'll play after after we record this, unless it's super late. We'll. Uh, I, I, I want to get a crack at this. I wanna okay. Get, I want to get to Valhalla, uh, and uh, Valhalla at my boys. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Plus, I want to poorly pronounce all the Norse mythology <laughs> words, which have way too many consonants and don't make any sense. So I guess maybe the biggest – well, there's, there's a few pieces of news. Do you have a preference as to which one we talk about first? Uh, no. Let's start with VR though. VR? Yeah, so, since we were just talking about it. Yeah. So the, the Oculus Rift is mm-hmm. – uh, this was your talking point, the one you mm-hmm. wanted to talk about the most. Uh, Oculus Rift's price point. And what was it What was it listed at? I believe it's five ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pre-order that is correct. price. Pre-order price with a bundled software at yes. five ninety nine. And then next month, I believe certain manufacturers are going to announce their, uh, uh, I guess you'd call it like their complete kits. Like it's a PC plus your Rift. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. Kind of like what they did with like the Steam boxes. Where yeah. Like, yeah. Buy this completely built right. system. Oh, I didn't hear that about the uh, complete kits with the VR headset for yeah. Oculus. So um, that's kind of neat. Uh, it's an offering I hadn't imagined. Yeah. The price point was. Uh, so I was reading about uh, um, I was calling Lucky Palmer Palmer Lucky, uh-huh. uh, speaking about how he basically misspoke <laughs> about the pricing and stuff. Right, like he that. did that that Reddit um, ask me anything where he yeah, explained yeah, himself, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, to be fair, I wasn't surprised by the five ninety nine price point. 
but then again, I hadn't been following all that closely, mm-hmm. so maybe I didn't get the the <laughs> the, the, the miss uh, the, the misguided information or whatever. But still, that's a little high. Mm-hmm. Not because I wouldn't be willing to spend that, mm-hmm. um, but because most people might be unwilling to spend that mm-hmm. for such a niche device mm-hmm. uh, before the software is all there. It's like that. Like people spend that on a PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. Because the PlayStation at this point is this established brand with the, this lineup of games and whatever. Right. And in fact, they wouldn't pay. F- Remember when PS3 came out at five ninety nine, they weren't willing yeah, to I mean, buy that. Yeah, I mean, some were, yeah, but yeah, not, yeah. you know, not, everyone not was waiting for that price millions, break, right? right? Um, and so it's an interesting, aggressive price point to put at when you're hoping to capture a large portion of the market. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, um, I was actually uh, doing a workshop at the CodeMatch conference uh, the day... Uh, the Rift went on pre-order. Mm-hmm. And so I had all these people in the front row that said, oh, hey, by the way, at 11 o'clock, we're all going to stop listening <laughs> right. to you. And they actually had a countdown timer set uh-huh. up uh, in front. And uh, and the moment it became available, they looked, they saw the price, they recoiled a moment, and then they bought it anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I wonder how many people that actually deterred. I don't, I don't right. really know. If but you go to the pre-order, sold out immediately. Right. If you go yeah. to try to order one now, I think you're getting delivery in June or July now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, they set the price that they thought was fair and where supply and demand would. They say they're not making any money on it. Yeah, they say right. that price point is like right. You won't believe the deal, even. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you won't believe the the deal you're getting on the technologies because of the you know just the screens involved. Is like yeah, the controller mm-hmm. and the add-in software. Those are well, trivial. the controller is not with it. The not the touch controller, but uh, oh sure, pack the head in, tracking. Uh, yeah, there's an Xbox. Um, I think they're packing in an Xbox default controller. Oh, cool. Um, just so you have something besides just the head tracking. Sure. Uh, but the, yeah, touch isn't coming out till. Uh, Spring, I think, mm-hmm. spring quarter. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what the other headsets pop in at. Like, uh, for instance, I just got the new consumer Samsung Gear VR. Mm-hmm. So, like the official release, yeah. not the innovator, mm-hmm. like uh, developer edition or whatever. Ninety nine bucks, mm-hmm. right? And yes, it requires a very specific phone, mm-hmm. right? And it requires the phone, so it's not a standalone piece of hardware. But still, ninety nine bucks. I take it. I toss my phone into it. Mm-hmm. I have some fun, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it's it's interesting to see this broad spectrum. And you take it even a step further, cardboard, right? Yeah. You just print, yeah. print one and make your own. Right. Just buy these little plastic lenses and stuff. So um, it really spans the gamut. And uh, so maybe maybe Oculus is setting themselves up to say we are the high end. We are the the Porsche, right? Yeah. Like all these other ones, that's great. But we maybe they're they're putting themselves in a position to be thought of as like the the premium of the premium. And uh, or maybe they're not; they just don't have a choice. I don't know, <laughs> right? But uh, but yeah, it was certainly interesting, and it's certainly interesting to see the reactions. Um, and again, just like everything in the game industry, so polarizing, mm-hmm. right? So people are either like, "No, that's completely fair," and other people are like, "This is the end of the world, and everyone's evil, and this is stupid." Um, so yeah, definitely interesting yeah. to see some of the reactions and stuff too. I think if you are um, electronics an electronics consumer and you're thinking of it in terms of like oh it's like it's like an xbox or it's like a mm-hmm. uh, a gaming pc for me or it's like having upgrading my phone yeah it does seem like a really expensive uh proposition for like well wow just to experiment with a couple of titles i'm not mm-hmm. sure i really need this or want it i don't even know if it makes me sick because i haven't had a chance Ex- to exactly no to one use it. has experienced a right. premium headset right. yet right. so you don't really know if you're going to get sick or if you're not. Or. On the other hand, if you're a person who believes that 
uh, we are on the verge of the next paradigm in personal computing. Mm-hmm. Six, you know, six hundred bucks is a complete bargain. Sure. When the first time you ever laid eyes on a PC of any kind, it was the equivalent of buying a car. Yeah. You know. Sure, sure. It's like yeah, bleeding yeah, edge tech. Yeah, it's like uh, if you want to join the future now, the question is like, what can we use virtual reality to do better? than we do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people really, they just imagine it's like, oh, I guess I could play a first-person shooter in a more immersive way. It's like, but if until you've experienced it, it is, it feels completely different than sitting on your couch and looking at a big screen TV. Sure. It feels, Plus, your whole body responds in a completely different way. There's this component of if you're playing a first-person shooter, and this is the problem I have, if mm-hmm. I'm playing a first-person Excuse me. If I'm playing a first-person shooter and I'm not moving, mm-hmm. I get real sick. Yeah, because of the acceleration component. Because right. you're, you're not yeah. moving. You're not right. actually moving. Um, and so there is there's sort of a trade-off there. I think – well, first off, I think the situations in which VR outperforms mm-hmm. its, its – I guess we'll call it more analog counterpart mm-hmm. um, are few and far between, right, currently. Mm-hmm. But I also think that maybe we're thinking about it the wrong way, right? So – you know, it's it's kind of one of those things is like, hey, you can put on a VR headset and you can play as a first-person shooter and you're like in the game, you're this person. And yeah, that works. But at that point, the VR is just kind of becoming just another monitor, just a different yep. way of looking at it. And it's prone to motion sickness and stuff like that. So maybe we're on the verge of this whole new style of presenting games that has yet to even be yeah. discovered. It was like how the concept of a, a 3D first-person shooter was unheard of back in the days of only 2D graphics. Right. Right? It was like I couldn't even imagine uh-huh. what that would look like. Right. 3D and, used to mean Zaxxon, which was an isometric mm-hmm. view, top-down view of a toy-like world. And now suddenly 3D was, no, you're actually in the world. And yeah, and now and there's this a real new 3D immersive yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, like, who knows? Maybe we're, maybe we're on the verge of, of just this completely new genre. And I swear if they coin it 4D, I'm going to hunt someone down. <laughs> oh, my God. There used to be a product called Sculpt 4D. So maybe every time – Cinema 4D. <laughs> yeah. Every time I go to the movie theater, they're like, now presented in, in like real 3D. <laughs> real 3D is one of them and then – which is like, what does that even mean? And then and in 4D, it's like, oh, I want to hurt someone right now. I was like, no, that's just no. That ah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean we're on the verge of this. I will say though um, – Pretty much every game that I've played that was not specifically meant for VR, that I've played in VR, I've hated. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, it's not something you could say, oh, hey, uh, we we can add VR to this too. Uh-huh. Right? It just, it's not the same. It's kind of like when they took old movies that weren't 3D and they made them 3D. <laughs> right, right. right? And you're like, well, yeah. this, this is kind of dumb. Um, and even most 3D games, games built for 3D that I've played, again, I haven't really been a fan of because... We haven't learned the systems that people need to really feel comfortable with a 3D game yet. Yeah. There's there's a lot more to it than a traditional, I'm going to say a traditional yeah. 3D game, right? Um, so there, there's a lot of, of, of stuff to it. But I will say, I've played Elite Dangerous with the Oculus DK2 on, and that was intense. <laughs> uh, for some reason, uh, if I'm if I'm running around with a VR headset on, like a first-person shooter, yeah. super motion sick. Yeah put me in a vehicle, right, I'm right, fine. Right, because you have a frame of reference around you, a cockpit. Exactly, right. but even though my body knows I'm not moving, uh-huh. right, I'm uh-huh. still fairly fine yeah. with it. But I will tell you, so uh, one of our evangelists at Unity, his name's Mark, um, I went out to uh, his house in Redondo Beach, and he's got, like, the ultimate bachelor pad. And one of the things he has 
is like this hydraulic gaming seat with a, a bass kicker in the seat uh-huh. uh, with like an actual uh, 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 HOTUS uh, joystick and, and thruster modeled after like an A10 Warthog or whatever, uh-huh. mounted, like uh-huh. welded a frame uh-huh. to this thing. And so I'm there and I sit in this seat, I put on the headset, we load up Elite Dangerous, I got my hand uh-huh. uh, on the uh, on the controls there and I, I, I thrust forward and the seat rumbles and stuff, and I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> and uh, I haven't built yeah. one yet, but I want to so bad because it just, like, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. And and then, in especially the Elite Dangerous, there's no there's no real UI interaction, mm-hmm. so to speak. It's not like I'm going to hit a button to bring up the menu. Right. I just look at that panel, and there's the information, uh-huh. right? right? right. It's, so I'm not like, hit this one button to pull it. No, right. I just I look over there, and I look yeah. at the map, right? Yeah. And I look over here, and I see right. what's going on. And it's really so fluid and seamless, and it's... Really, it's 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 the one game where I looked at it and thought, okay, VR can really yeah. do really do something that a traditional yeah. uh, method of gaming cannot. Yeah, maybe it's because um, the of the way I was introduced to computing uh, through my parents and through school. I'm I'm always of the um, mindset that if there is a killer practical application for something, that's when we're going to see it become mm-hmm. mass market and then it'll get adopted just like PCs in, in the home. Uh, whereas otherwise it would have just remained like Ataris and it's just a toy and it would have sure. come and gone like a fad. There needs but, to be some business. Use. Yeah. yeah and for me, when I think about, uh, for example, I have a friend, uh, Brian Sharp, who's heading up the uh, project called Medium, I think it's called it, okay. Oculus. It's an authoring, it's an artist tool. It's like sculpting in 3D. Sure. Uh, it seems a little gimmicky right now if you watch the promotional videos, but I can imagine it becoming sophisticated enough to become a system where we're authoring like we do with Adobe Illustrator, where you're creating vector art mm-hmm. in 3D and you're getting handles to affect the Bezier curves. You can create very precise three-dimensional shapes and forms. As a 3D artist, I mean, it would be a, such a boon to be able to manipulate your view, walk around your model in real time, in true 3D, rather than constantly manipulating the model mm-hmm. uh, via keyboard, hotkeys, and things like that, and, and manipulating I will say this, because I've heard this before, right? And while that may be true in the concept, mm-hmm. it sounds mm-hmm. neat, specifically it might enable someone like me who's terrible with art programs mm-hmm. to actually be able to make something. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that most people don't talk about or even come to really think about because you know in your head it sounds great right right? is uh and i heard someone else refer to it this way so this is not mine but it's the minority report problem right so in minority report we all have you seen minority report so the ui system puts his hands up and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and Mm -hmm. it's like oh that's so neat so tom cruise specifically tom cruise in that movie Uh i consider him to be a relatively fit guy Uh physically capable whatever and one of the hardest things he had was keeping his hands up for that long. Mm-hmm. Even just the right. scenes of using the UI. You don't think about it because in your head, right. you don't have muscle fatigue. Mm-hmm. If I had to actually put my hands up and sculpt in 3D space mm-hmm. with my hands, I would fatigue very quickly, right? Specifically because I'm not actually physically touching right. anything. Uh-huh. In real world, when I'm working on something in front of me, my hand rests yes. on it. Uh-huh. Some of the weight of it uh-huh. is on that thing. But this, now I'm suspending right. it in front of me in the air for an extended period right. of time. It may not even be possible to utilize, especially when you start putting stuff right. in my hands. That's additional weight, uh-huh. you know, held out in front right. of my body. Um, that may be something that that you know, maybe humans are just physically not capable of doing 3D sculpts right. like that digitally for extended periods of time. You know, it's, it's hard to say, but maybe there'll be some special apparatus that 
goes under your elbow is to support your arm. Right. I don't know. But, uh, but but anytime anyone's like, oh, yeah, sculpt in 3D or, oh, yeah, use this UI. Uh-huh. It's like that. It's super neat. I guarantee. Right. I, I agree. Super neat. But then I think, yeah, but we're all we're all people, too, and we're all kind of yeah. out of shape. I bet you, I, yeah, I bet you there's, <laughs> we're going to have a hybrid where uh, when it – behooves me to use a traditional interface, whether it's a controller or a mouse keyboard, mm-hmm. but I still have the headset on. Sure. And I'm still able to look to around. Because you minimize and then, the times you take the headset right, off. Right, I'm still being able to look at the mm-hmm. data in three dimensions and rotate. And now I'm not constantly contorting my hand to the hotkeys that allowed me to pan, zoom, um, rotate the view. Right. I'm just actually ma- manipulating it that way. Or another example is I think about the animation window in Unity. When you have all these different parameters and you see all these different overlapping curves and it can be kind of hairy to get in sure, there. Sure, absolutely. Like, just put it in 3D, put it on your headset and take a look at it. I can look at it and I can like, oh, I'll look at it when it's all in alignment and now I just kind of move out of view like, oh yes, now I can isolate this one curve because it exists in three-dimensional space. And more than a special controller, we really need some form of glove. Mm-hmm. Set of gloves where mm-hmm. I will be able to see my hands, all of my mm-hmm. fingers, in yeah. virtual space, yeah. and I'll be able to do simple hand gestures mm-hmm. without the need sans of an yeah. ocular tracking device. Because yeah. that's always right. the problem, right? Like the leap, the leap motion controller, super mm-hmm. neat technology, keeps mm-hmm. getting better, but it requires an unhindered line of sight, mm-hmm. and there's always a certain level of inaccuracy. But if you have a mechanical glove, there is no tracking, right? There is no line of sight requirement. Mm-hmm. There's no, oh, it just, it, it lost this yeah. because it couldn't right. see this. Well, that becomes a non-issue. Um, so I really think that VR, I mean, obviously the software's got to be there, but really is going to live on its peripherals, mm-hmm. right? Because seeing into a world is cool, but we've been able to do that for a long time. What puts me in that mm-hmm. world, right? And, and That natural input. As Microsoft, mm-hmm. I think, likes to call it. And that very, uh, yes, yeah, exactly, system. exactly. And so um, it, it's very interesting. Also along the Microsoft uh, sort of segue there is their what, light field projection or whatever, the mm-hmm. HoloLens, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm very curious about that technology as well in its practical use, this term augmented reality. I've had a chance to use a few different uh, um, headsets like that, and they all felt kind of... I don't want to say gimmicky, but it felt like, okay, I can do this one thing mm-hmm. and what else? And, and even more so than VR. Well, that's um, a gimmick, right? It's got that one trick and then it yeah, but I doesn't mean, have it, any depth. Unlike a gimmick where, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is my own bias, right? With a gimmick, you say, okay, it does that one thing and that's it. But with this, your mind is like struggling to grasp onto mm-hmm. the vast possibility okay. and just failing to come okay. up with anything immediate. So, okay. I mean, and maybe that's the fine line. So it's a glimpse of potential, but maybe, it doesn't And have maybe that's the fine line. Right. Maybe that's the line that, that separates mm-hmm. gimmicks from just being way ahead of their time, mm-hmm. right? You know, because something that is super practical every day, right. revolutionized the world at one point would have been thought of as a gimmick yeah. because no one could conceive of its uses yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe maybe the HoloLens is the breaking point or something. Right. Um, but interesting stuff nonetheless. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next five to ten years. I mean, I really think we're on the verge of something really special that well, they estimate when they figure the... out how to solve the acceleration problem, meaning, mm-hmm. or or coming down to the forms that are appropriate for virtual reality, like sure. games where you are an observer who is in a fixed position that can rotate at a constant speed, but you're not really accelerating in and out of a certain mm-hmm. view. And that's, you know what people enjoy. Or, that's, tough. Yeah. that's tough to do. It's yeah. breaking that mindset. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, people who try to make first-person shooter games on mobile, which mm-hmm. a lot of people have tried. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't 
really do it without a controller. Um, you don't really want to use the touchscreen to do it. And so people keep saying, well, how how would you make a touchscreen first-person shooter? Mm-hmm. And I say, I wouldn't mm-hmm. because the potential of the Stop thinking of it that is, way. Yeah, yeah, stop thinking of it that way. Um, I mean, besides the fact that you're using screen real estate for these on-screen thumbsticks, but, I mean, your fingers lose capacitive uh, or capacity, right? And so you keep your hand on a screen long enough, it's going to stop being able to see your hand until you remove it for yeah. a while and your finger yeah. gets that capacity back, uh-huh. unless you wear special gloves uh-huh. that maintain capacity. But, um, so, uh, yeah, you got to yeah, – maybe we just need to change our minds about how they work. Um, one of the statistics I read is they estimate by the end of this year there will be 38 million VR devices in homes, um, which hmm. seems pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, it's still a very small market, yeah. all things considered. Yeah. Um, Considering, like, the phones is in the billions, right? Sure, yeah. and I mean, you can't yeah. really compare it to yeah. phones. But, I mean, like, uh, what, the PlayStation 4 has sold 36 yeah. million right. uh, itself. And that's right. one device, and you've right. had Xboxes and right. PCs and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it's a sizable market, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it, it. I think it needs to be bigger to see the, the real types of titanic growth but you know if that happens this year then 2017 will really be the year of vr this won't be the yeah. year of vr the next yeah. year will be the year of vr um at least in theory you know who right. knows it'll be the big holiday hit you know we really should talk about this um uh third week in february because the second week in february i'm going to the visions uh summit in hollywood which is the big vr summit oh really um, okay it's first year for it and okay. so there I'll be checking out all the VR stuff. Okay. And then I can come back equipped right. and actually have a yeah. conversation about yeah. it. Uh, but I will say that... Well, give us a preview. What what well, Are you going as just someone to go or are you going to be presenting? I'm uh, not presenting. I'm going in a, in a, in a business capacity. Okay. So I'm not going as just like, oh, me, I'm just uh-huh. going for funsies. Um, but I'm sure I will have a lot of fun there. Okay. I'm not presenting, but I am going... And, and uh, hey, I want to meet with customers okay. and see what people are interested in and kind of learn about this mm-hmm. stuff myself. Because, okay. I mean, we've already had – I've already had quite a few customers that I do work with now approach me interested in learning more about VR and, and, and augmented reality AR mm-hmm. as well um, and see how they can apply it to their existing products and stuff. So um, it's, it's a big time for it. Yeah. yeah. So very, very neat stuff. But, yes, because uh, I think that's second week in February. So, like, third week in February – We'll have okay. a, <laughs> I'll come back and be like, we were totally wrong, right. man. Oh, my God. We were so wrong. I don't know. And then, then um, the fourth week of February, you can pre-order the HTC Vive. If that's you want right. To. Yeah. February 30th, right? Yeah, 29th or 30th. That was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. There was no February 30th. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's waiting for everyone to be like, oh, sweet. I'm going to on February 30th. <laughs> and then you get the jump on. <laughs> be like, hey, Cortana, schedule this February 30th, and Cortana explodes. <laughs> and your house catches fire. Um you know, I probably woke my computer up just saying, hey, I just installed Windows 10. And uh-huh. I've just been saying, hey, hey, Cortana all the time, just because <laughs> why wouldn't I? And so it's probably awake now. And it's probably like recording everything I'm saying <laughs> at this moment, which now that I think about it, it isn't all that weird because I am literally recording everything I'm saying at this minute with this microphone. Um, anyway, okay. Any other VR-related stuff? No. I feel like I, I hog that. I hog most of the conversations. No, that's good. That's good. I like the yeah. job most of the conversations. The next one, we're just going to let the, the ice giant fill in. <laughs> right. So he's going to... Or no, next episode, we'll let Cortana uh, do most of the talking. Yeah, Cortana. Because you're going to find out that she's been, putting, she's been putting up her own episodes. This is the Mike's Video Game Podcast, <laughs> episode one. Cortana's the, Video Game ever, Podcast. Yeah, for her, this is episode one. She's just been woken up. She's now, she's, <laughs> that's right. Awakened. She's, yeah, she's going to edit her own show. Hmm. By the way, I went and saw Star Wars Force Awakened, or Awakens again for the third time now. Still, oh, really? still good after the third okay. time. 
Jake has seen it eight times. Wow. So I can't aspire to that level of greatness. No, but, I've uh, yet to see it a second time. I went and saw uh, The Revenant instead. Noob. Oh, how is that? It's good. It's intense. It's very uh, intense. It looked intense yeah. from all the very bleak yeah. but, imagery. Um, um, ever since I was a kid, I had a fascination with uh, Native American culture. and um, Spoilers, I didn't know about Native American culture. Oh, okay. Well, I, I um, but anyways, it was. <laughs> I think it was a, a, a portrayal of that era that we hadn't seen before. So Fair enough. I'd like to see it. Uh, I'm last of Mohicans till I die. Yeah, I love that, that film that's too. That's my jam. Yeah. That's my jam. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we got that weird club stick thing. I love it. <laughs> ah. Anyway, um, other news, uh, Amazon Prime discount. Uh, I, I don't know when this was announced, mm-hmm. but I read about this for the first time today, actually. So and I hadn't heard of it at all, so I'm glad you Yeah, so for those maybe not aware, I'm sure most people are aware by the time they read this because news travels fast. Um, Amazon Prime. Now, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, uh, you get, what, 20% off of all – this feels like I'm being paid to say this. I don't know, like it's an advertisement, but no, this was in the news. Um, you get, you get uh, like 20% off all new game purchases and pre-orders, something like that, which if you're the type of – so if a game is 60 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saving yourself 12 bucks there. Amazon Prime subscription is like 99 bucks. Mm-hmm. So if you are the type of person that buys enough games or over a year, mm-hmm. I mean that's a significant that right. almost pays for. It. Now we have Amazon Prime because we use their shipping and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but that's pretty. That's a pretty significant right. thing. Let me ask: Does it make you feel better about the subscription fee? It is. Subs- it's an annual fee. Right? You know what? So maybe this says a lot about my personality. Uh-huh. But I read that and immediately got kind of suspicious. Really? Where does that money come from? Right. Are the devs being like? Are the devs not making as much? Are oh. the publishers putting uh-huh. that up? Is Amazon? Uh-huh. Where does a where does a twenty percent loss uh-huh. per product sold come from? Uh-huh. And so is it split? Like maybe maybe a, a, a IP holder says, okay, we're going to opt in. Well, they don't have a choice. Uh-huh. They don't, actually don't have a choice to opt in or not. So if we want Amazon to carry a game at all, uh-huh. we have to agree to. Offering a discount right. or splitting right. a discount. Um, I'm very curious about the business yeah. side of it because no one just agreeably yeah. says, you know what, we're just going to give you 20% right. off. Coming from the uh, Washington State area, home of Costco, and <laughs> having family, uh, extended family who, who've been employed in the past at Costco, I know that they have a system where you pay a membership fee up front. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's where most of the profits come from are actually the subscription fees, the annual fees, rather than the Sure thing. Amazon is offering this. So I think now, yeah. So now Amazon is saying, well, we did make our profit. It's to the subscription fee, and now we can afford to give some of it back. I mean, the whole point is hoping to to get more subscribers. More subscribers, and also because they now have, once you pay in the subscription, you're like, well, I'm going to buy everything through Amazon to make up. Make mm-hmm. justify the fact that I subscribe. It's the whole giant eagle fuel perks thing all over. Yeah, it's again, like right? yeah, like well, I paid into this. It's a sunk cost. I might as well get my value out of it. So I'll order everything mm-hmm. through Amazon, including all my software purchases. Now that Amazon knows, I'm getting a lot more in software sales than I would have otherwise because I'm giving them a discount. True, and they feel they need to justify. Their so you're no longer going to go through so your now, Steams or your GameStop. And so your- now Amazon's more confident that their sales will be higher, so they can go to the. Uh, publisher and say, I'm willing to buy in an even larger amount than I would would have otherwise, mm-hmm. and therefore I expect more of a discount up front. Mm. And then, they, hence, they can afford to um, uh, give you a, uh, a greater discount. Or they might have negotiated some terms like, um, 
are re- we're willing to take a different uh, return policy because mm-hmm. you know how you can uh, publishers uh, they sell in to a retailer, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily sold through to the consumer. Sure. And so if it isn't sold through by a certain amount of time, the retailer will have. Um, a certain kind of agreement that says, well, now I can return it all to you mm-hmm. and you have to eat it, publisher. Um, and, you know, it's at right, some, right. Some, That's some why they withhold a percentage. Right. Until, and so yeah. maybe Amazon is saying we're willing to take a worse deal, but we need a better upfront. Yeah, we need a better upfront deal. On so you're that. saying it's a profit game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm I sure. Think that I'm saying I think there are ways Amazon can turn this into something they can do without asking uh, developers or publishers, take a hit. yeah, to take a necessarily okay. take a hit. I mean, that makes total sense. It's, yeah, and it's certainly certainly something that uh, I hadn't considered. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is the mere concept of money frightens the hell out of me. <laughs> so I try not to think about it. Uh-huh. So when I hear that, I'd be like, "Well, someone's getting screwed, <laughs> but maybe everyone's benefiting." I don't know. Well, who's uh, getting screwed is GameStop. Yeah. That's a parasitic market anyway. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, what about GameStop? What about GameStop? GameStop. I shop at GameStop, yeah. but I mean, if you can't evolve. You're going to die, and I'm, right. I'm, I'll right. be the first so one to So this is definitely Amazon saying we are going to continue to pummel. Mm-hmm. That was my big problem with the whole uh, Microsoft's online market, all digital game thing when they were – with the, when the, when the Xbox, Xbox One, one plan? Yeah. was stuff. And everyone's like, well, what about GameStop? Yeah. What about GameStop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but anyway, enough about that. Yeah. Um, well, GameStop did do $3 billion in sales. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, what about so they're still, so they're still pretty that's major. That's because people were scared <laughs> away from the future. GameStop <laughs> is trying to anchor around everyone's yeah. neck right now. Yeah. Um, I'm still mad. I get mad at GameStop. Because <laughs> they sold you that shitty game all those years ago? Well, so, no, they, no, that wasn't even what I was thinking of. But now, now I'm mad about that. Holy shit. I am really mad about that. They sold me Roscoe McQueen, Firefighter Extreme, when I was. <laughs> I, I didn't I keep have a lot of like money. That's a made-up game. Name. Oh my god! That could have been one of the. Remember, you wanted to play that game with the other Mike and me, where you make up a premise and a name for a game. I know we, we got to play this. Game. So the game we want to play that I would have guessed did not exist. Message me <laughs> and tell me that you're in favor of this game, so we actually make it happen. I want to have Mike here and another Mike that we know <laughs> sit down, and I'm going to read up read the, the the plots of games, and they have to tell me if that's a real game or one I made up, because um, there's a lot of these. No, Rescue Queen Firefighter Extreme was like the most dumb and incredibly racist game. Now I think about it because every building was on fire was a Chinese laundromat. Every single one of them. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. And they had all these wacky Chinese robots with Chinese hats making like wing wong ching chong sounds, setting things on fire. And I didn't realize it when I was a kid. But now looking back, that was an incredibly racist game. But no, that's not why now I'm mad at GameStop because of that. That, that guy that sold me that was a dick. You know he went back to his friends like after I left. I was like, dude, can't believe what game I just sold to this kid. And I paid 60 bucks for that. I know, full retail, right? Because, oh, I was a. I am a very gullible person now. I was an incredibly gullible kid. Oh, so gullible. I was so embarrassed. Anyway, no. I. I every time, I. I, I put a game disc into the Xbox and mm-hmm. it doesn't read it right away and it ejects it and I have to put it back in. I get mad at GameStop because mm. I'm like, this could have been all digital. This could have oh, been an right. afterthought. Uh-huh. Why do I have to take some stupid piece of plastic? dinosaur carcass disc uh-huh. and and slam it into an ocular reader, you know, when I could just have everything digitally, pristinely, yep. as God intended. Especially uh, with solid state drives now and they can just load so fast. Yep. I know. This oh, oh my God. It's like 
It's like receiving telegrams. Right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, I get mad about GameStop, but I feel like maybe we've digressed from the original point. Right. But so here's my here's my, my counter uh, to the Amazon thing. So I would think that, especially now with mm-hmm. the input that you provided, the, the Amazon thing is actually a really good value. I mean, it's kind of like a win-win for like every win-win-win, I guess, mm-hmm. for everyone involved, which is, is awesome. Great. Right. We need more of those. Um, I got a, a message today or an email uh, from Origin, EA's platform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's this advertisement. And they're advertising this new, like, EA or Origin Unlimited Gaming mm-hmm. membership for $4.99. And so I'm thinking it's like, a, I don't know, like, a, what was that, Gamefly service where you sign up, yeah, like yeah. Netflix for games or whatever, you just get on these unlimited games and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. And so I, I must be misunderstanding this because there's no way there's there's value in this. It's four ninety nine. Uh, it's a monthly membership, and you get access to fifteen titles, which, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And maybe that's me being spoiled as a consumer. Uh-huh. Fifteen titles. There's a lot of games, uh, but like fifteen titles plus a discount on future EA purchases. Mm-hmm. So EA Origin specific titles, yeah. and four ninety nine a month. Seems like a lot for that, um, but yeah. So let's see, four ninety nine a month. What uh, my what guess is, is five, they're planning on adding sixty bucks a year. Is that, yeah, is my, is yeah. my math right? So they must be. Uh, so that's yeah, sixty dollars. So that's the cost of one retail game. If I told you, you never have to buy the next version of Madden. Or, no, you have to buy them. You just get a ten percent discount. Oh, so it, the, the fifteen games that are in this are yeah, not like their cornerstone games. Because I would be up for like, hey, if I was a sports fan and every single year I have to buy the next version of Madden, or I could just subscribe and know that I'm getting the, the latest patched version, the latest stats and everything. And it's just a live service. I'm playing the most current football ever all the time, and I, it's just five bucks a month, and never have to go to the store and get the next disc. Um, that might be interesting to me, but if it doesn't include games like that, then yeah, then right now I'm not I'm not sure. I so currently the games are this War of Mine, which is a uh, the Steam game that uh-huh. I got for like two ninety nine. The Sims three, the original Dead Space, Dead Space two, the Dragon Ages, uh, Plants vs Zombies, Garden Warfare, Sim City, and the Battlefields. Hmm. That's a hard proposition. Yeah, it's I mean, just starting up. Maybe it's actually yeah. not bad from a price point if you really think about it. But given how great a value you can get off of Steam other sales, systems, Steam used, sales, yeah. and all that stuff, that that's kind of a hard sale. Yeah. And so I thought that was very interesting. That I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've done the market research, and this is going to be incredibly successful. Maybe it's a little premature. Yeah, or they consider that their minimum viable product for. This type Future of subscription, yeah, it's forward. like this is yeah. just—it's got a little bit of every, like it's got something for the casual, something for the action gamer, something mm-hmm. for the competitive shooter fan. But the interesting it's thing is, is I wouldn't have a problem spending thirty to sixty dollars on any of those titles. But for some reason, I have a problem with four ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. I, maybe it's a mental, maybe it's a mental leap, maybe it's mm-hmm. a shortcoming on my part. I don't know, but um, it just seems like a hard sale. Yeah. Now, if they, if Electronic Arts ever published a back catalog in full and said you had. Full access to every game we made in the '80s through '90s, mm-hmm. you know, uh, oh, with yeah. modern leaderboards and stuff. I think that'd be really with interesting. modern leader. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, uh, oh yeah, I would do that. <laughs> I would pay for that. Yeah, and maybe that's the plan. I don't know, uh-huh. but uh, it, it just seems yeah, like a. It was just an interesting thing as I'm reading about the Amazon stuff that 
popped uh-huh. up in the email. Um, and then right next to it, the stats on the Steam Winter Sale, right? Oh, right. Steam outperformed uh-huh. its its uh, um, its spring sale by a ton, yeah. and it outperformed last year's sales by like 195% or something stupid like that. Yeah. Because um, they've changed their format for doing the Steam sales, which I did. You know, I bought actually bought a bunch of stuff in the Steam Winter Sale yeah. um, that I didn't even intend to at the yeah. time, which I guess means their new system yeah. kind of worked, where they did, they did away with the flash sales, and now they just offered the lowest price on all the games for an extended period of time. So from the beginning of the sale to the end of the sale, all games were at the lowest price they were going to offer it for the yep. entirety so of the sale. So you had confidence. So you, it's yeah, available, so I'll buy it. You weren't sitting there saying, okay, I'm going to wait for yeah. you to go on Flash, right. so I'm going to wait, I'm right. going to wait. Right. You just, okay. And, right. and I think it's the fact that I had no really long time to make the decision to buy a game mm-hmm. that I just kind of bought it. I was like, oh, I have two weeks to decide if yeah. I'm going to buy this. So I'll buy it right now because that right. totally doesn't make any sense. Um, but, you know, it was interesting how compelled I felt to buy the games because there was no rush to buy them, I guess. It was an interesting, I guess, yeah. mental for, experiment. Yeah, for me, uh, I've had a very mixed experience with Steam in general. As a customer, I've had oh. a lot of issues where, like, it wouldn't install properly. Okay, um, I've, seen, I've had like those that. in the past, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, uh, and also because they have these weird flash sales, I always feel compelled. Like, well, it was on a flash sale once. I'd feel like a dummy buying it sure. at its regular price now. So I'm going to keep waiting and keep waiting mm-hmm. and keep waiting and just trying to time it. And it becomes frustrating. Mm-hmm. But whereas this time, I didn't feel that frustration. I was like, oh, it, they have the sale. It's all up right now. And like you, I bought, I mean, all the software I bought this year, was none of it was from a retail. It was all through Steam. And mm-hmm. I had, a, like I said, a very touchy relationship with its service, but then bought it. And thankfully, I, I, to my knowledge, I wasn't stung by their, that weird caching issue that they had. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, where, where people were having access to other people's pages uh, temporarily. Mm-hmm. I bought just before that that happened. Uh, that happened and then after that happened um but i even bought applications like i like i bought uh spider pro spriter pro uh, right you from, were talking about that yeah um from their uh store and uh, had it been having a good time with that never bought a non-game from the store there yeah i can't even remember how i fell upon it but when i saw it and saw that it was on such a good sale now it turns out you could have bought it directly from the brash monkey the, the mm-hmm. manufacturer at the same price but oh well because it's, of the Steam's service of making it um, available to me, like mm-hmm. presenting to me things that they thought I'd be interested in, they got me. So it, it worked. Is it weird that it that the idea of buying a non-game from Steam in my head feels akin to like waking up in the morning, making your bed, and reading the newspaper? Like it's just way yeah. too adult. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Like that's too much of a commitment. I feel like I need to wear a tie. Steam is now be, well. Steam, like Amazon, is trying to become. Open up different things. Yeah, yeah. vendor of all things. And yeah, it is odd that when I want to run this application, I have to be able to connect to Steam. It's really mm. that that bothers me. But I get trading cards that I can then sell for a nickel well, for, for using <laughs> for using an application that I would have used for real reasons. Anyways. Now, yeah. when you when you made this purchase, were you wearing a suit? <laughs> no, I feel like you have to. I feel like there's a, like your camera's going to look at you and be like, oh, hey, you're not wearing a tie. I'm not going to sell you this piece of yeah. business no, software yeah. no, on a gaming website. No, it's serious applications. Instead, it just says software. Yeah. Like, oh, there's games and then there's software. I know. It's so, I don't know. It feels so weird to me. <laughs> I have, in my mind, there are these, pris- these, these pristine separate <laughs> domains yeah. of yeah, so where This is, this is where you become an old person. 
with Steam back in my day, it only sold games. It's like Steam is where you go to buy games, <laughs> and then Torrent is where you go to get the rest of your software. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't condone any form of, yes. <laughs> of online the, theory. You're, you do sound like a 50-year-old saying, well, don't you go to the mall and go buy your games at that, at, that, at that game? Uh, Thermodigger, it's... Uh, like you know. your old man impression. <laughs> <laughs> my old white man impression? That's what oh, you <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, racist. All right. I want to hear my old Chinese impression. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Double that you, standard. That you learned from your old video game? That I learned from Rascal McQueen? Double standard. Uh, that, that This was not on my list of things to talk about, but now that you've mentioned that, or this, I, I don't even know what you've mentioned, but I'm going to bring this up. I read about, uh, so, so apparently Just Cause 3 mm-hmm. had some pretty intense anti-piracy uh, software that came with it. And it like set a, an, a record, an unprecedented amount of time. It took them something like 20 days uh, to crack it, the, uh-huh. these Chinese hackers to uh-huh. crack it. And, and so apparently most games are cracked day one, like uh-huh. the day it releases. So for a piece of software to take like 20 days uh-huh. to crack, and uh, one of the people they interviewed said that they almost gave up, uh-huh. uh, just said it was, it was just too hard, right, until they finally cracked it. I mean, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. But that's not – I mean, that's, that's definitely a win. As uh-huh, someone in the industry, right? You're right yeah, you don't yeah, want people stealing your stuff. Right. It's definitely a win. But what was super interested, interesting to me as I'm reading this article is the point of view or the intonation of the article. Mm-hmm. It almost made you feel like you were rooting for the hackers because <laughs> right. it was like – because it's a puzzle to be solved. No, right? no, no. Because yeah. one of the ha- like, one of the hackers that goes by the name of like Bird Sister or something like that <laughs> was like – in five years, there won't be any free games because we we can't we can't keep up with the ever growing and uh, <laughs> rapid pace uh, of the security. And it's just like oh, you're just like oh man, they're the underdogs. It's like we just can't keep up with all these big corporates producing this security software. And you're like, yeah, screw those big corporates. And you're like, what am I saying? These people are just they're sad because it's getting harder to steal. Uh-huh. But yet, the the way I'll send you the article. The okay. way it was written makes you just go like, "Aw." Yeah, you should like, post oh. it uh, on the podcast. I will. So it just had a weird. Maybe <laughs> that was my own because I have a, a real strong bond with the movie Hackers. Maybe <laughs> that was just me. But I'm like, I'm reading this, and I'm just like, my first inclination is just to be like, "Those poor hackers. Those yeah. poor Chinese hackers, <laughs> not able to steal just cause yeah. and pirate it for millions. You know, like, aw. Like, yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting to watch a time lapse or just have a documentary about what it takes to look at someone else else's closed software and say like i understand from is it is using the term black box correct like i put this thing in and i get this thing out i don't know how it works on the inside but i'm going to figure out how it works just by constantly throwing things into it and seeing what comes out and from that i can decipher how to get around its security systems that to me seems like how can you possibly 20 days give me a million years i'll still never figure out how to copy an uncopyable disc. I'll just wait until no one's looking. I'll pay for it. Like, got it, guys. I got it. No, I'm not going to tell you how I did it. Um, yeah, the black box. That is a correct usage. I call it the hot dog machine. Put a quarter in, get a hot dog out. You don't, don't ask yourself how it turned a quarter into a hot dog. You don't want to know. Um, yeah, the black boxing system, yeah. And so that's effectively exactly what it is. It's it's compiled software, right? So it's, it's bytecode at that point. And, yeah, and you decontol- de- decompile it basically, and uh, whatever. There's a lot of stuff to it, but and I'm by and large not even. Wow, so you would decompile it, so it, it looks like a bunch of just 
code. There's no comments in it for it to help you understand. But it doesn't even look like a bunch of code at that point. It's like a bunch of hexadecimal. Oh, jeez, uh, like, that, like memory that? locations, yeah. and like you can probe the different memory addresses and see at what point a, a piece of software right. accesses this piece of memory. Sort of deduce what data is stored in that piece of memory, so mm-hmm. that you can. Because effectively, the the software's got to look at memory and say, "Is the key here?" Uh-huh. All right, and so you have to. You can see when it's looking for the yeah. key, and you can see what it's looking for. Specifically, uh-huh. if you have a purchase mm-hmm. game, you can see what it identifies as uh-huh. the key, and then you could go about building a key. Yeah. And uh, but with cr- encryption algorithms and stuff like that, I mean, it it, it, it matches pretty intense. Again, I'm talking like I have any idea what I'm yeah. talking about. Uh, my my literally the extent of my. Uh, knowledge on this is like learning how to crack like the original uh, um, wow my mind just completely blanked out PC game? what is the game that you play a lot of it's the second one Starcraft Starcraft uh-huh. how did I not think of the name Starcraft anyway that just showed you where my brain's uh-huh. at right now the original Starcraft uh-huh. learning to crack that um, there was like a guide on how to do it and that was my first foray uh-huh. into it and then I never did it again uh-huh. um, as far as anyone knows um, but uh, <laughs> but it, it, it was, it's, it's certainly interesting and it's certainly definitely a, a different way of, of, of looking at software for sure um, but anyway I just I'll, I'll post the articles because it was just like I almost heard violins uh, in the background um I have to show you. I'm working on this new app. Uh, it's not even an app. It's just a widget on your phone that when you hit a button, it plays uh, Arms of an Angel by Sarah McLachlan. Because <laughs> every time someone's like telling a sad story or like, whining about something, right. I just hit the button and it starts uh-huh. playing that song. I don't know. I just <laughs> we were watching the, the Jean-Claude Van Damme documentary, which only aired in England. And apparently he's like crazy oh, really? like in real life. Yeah. Like he just gets out of his car in the middle of the road and starts breaking down sobbing. Well, did you did you see the film uh, JVCD? Mm-mm. It's really good. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it stars Jean Claude Van Damme, okay. and that's why the title is uh, JCV. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, as him going through the, his breakdown. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, that's where I got the yeah. idea, and I started playing Arms of an Angel every time he started crying, which was a lot actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, break that at your next conference. You know, as people are telling about the difficulty, yeah, that they have difficulties using Unity or something, you just play on that song. (laughs) And then you give them the survey to say, like, please rate your experience with this instructor. And they're like, this guy laughed at my sorrows. This guy's a dick. (laughs) He played me a song with the world's smallest violin. That's right. That's right. Maybe that'll be our game jam game. Like, <laughs> like you have to do a bunch of really sad things without being coming sad yourself. It's uh-huh. an internal struggle right. to you yourself regulate your right. emotions. It's like a rock band, but you have to do the correct inputs on a tiny violin, and the violin keeps getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> and so your inputs have to become ever more and more refined That's right. to the point where it's like I can't even – the analog stick can't even detect. Literally too small. Yeah, it's like a it's – like <laughs> Fraction of a millimeter, and it's like I just blew the note. Oh, god damn it. Where your life is just full of all these first world problems. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I guess the last thing I have here in our notes to talk about is the Sony Let's Play patent. Um, or trademark, probably. Trademark. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. The, yeah. I'm going to misspeak, and then I'm going to have like a lawsuit <laughs> tomorrow. It's like, oh, patent this, and whatever. Um so yeah, so and there was some confusion. Even you and me were were looking this up before we started recording about about the the, the term "let's play" and who or what owns that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think 
any one entity owns the term Let's Play, yet it's treated as if it is owned because Sony got declined due to brand confusion. Mm -hmm. So um, I actually don't know how it works. I really should... I have a few uh, intellectual property lawyer friends. I should just call them up and be like, what does this even mean? Because mm-hmm. uh, it is very curious. Um, so, so basically, Sony uh, attempted to trademark uh, the, the, the term or the phrase or the name, Let's Play. Um, and, and you can read about it online. But basically, uh, in terms of streaming and electronically distributing gameplay footage. So if I'm playing a game... Uh, and I'm recording myself, and I upload it to YouTube as a Let's Play, which is a very popular thing mm-hmm. to do now. Sony would theoretically own that, which is a problem, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Um, and so I didn't realize that the term Let's Play could even be considered to not to belong to one entity because, I mean, if you think about it, like people have been making these Let's Play videos for years mm-hmm. where... Let's play literally means, hey, we're going to play this game, whether live or recorded or shown on YouTube and stuff like that. And so very curious that, that Sony tried this. And I was very curious what Sony's idea of ownership in this regard was. Like, how did they think that was going to go? Yeah. I, I bet you they just thought there is a chance that we could get the term and then exploit it, leverage yeah. it. And it's dumb to not at least try. Yeah, because there wasn't a lot of publicity. Because if you could get it, then you've got a huge boon. So why not try it? It's my understanding that there wasn't a lot of publicity around Sony mm-hmm. filing for the trademark. Someone, someone found it. It'll get someone paid, found it, which kind of says a lot if you're just like perusing trademark <laughs> uh, requests and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, very interesting. Well, it's uh, a great way to get rumors for upcoming games from game publishers. Maybe okay. That's, that's what uh, like I mean. That's when a good point. I was working as a developer, uh, you'd have to file lots of different names and some of them fake uh, just to keep people like we're not announcing, well, let's say Halo 3 yet, but we need to start getting trademarks for certain things now, but we don't want to play our hand and have everybody say, oh, E3, they're going to announce Halo 3 or whatever it is. Sure. Um, so I don't know. It's, it wasn't something that the developers would do. It's something that the publisher would do. Okay. Could I trademark halos oh i have no idea what do you think because now i'm thinking yeah. about it if sony mm-hmm. can do it why can't i uh-huh. halos <laughs> it's not halo you're right right i'm gonna have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> my little halos just not just, <laughs> yeah, just halos uh-huh. i'm gonna have a nondescript space guy <laughs> yeah or girl uh-huh i'm not committing right, right. Yeah, halos. <laughs> <laughs> or hola. Hola? Yes. Oh, halo backwards? No, it's uh, oh. it's uh, just, yeah, well, a couple of things backwards. A couple just, of things backwards? Which, a couple of letters backwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Hola is in the, mm-hmm. gotcha. <laughs> I'm thinking, thinking O-L-A-H. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, we could do it that way. Hola. Yeah. Oh, man, we have so many options here. Yeah. Oh, we're going to yeah. go trademark all of these. Uh-huh. <laughs> Washington red skin. That's I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. not wear skins. Why yeah. would I? I'm not gonna do that because no. that would. <laughs> I would not want that trademark. That would be irreverent form. and no. mean. I wouldn't do that. But Washington red skin, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's play kind of uh, what was I suppose if you want to call it under attack and and held the day. And uh, I'm, I'm you're right. I'm pretty sure you're right with the whole Sony would then try to exploit it and make some money and, and whatever. 
just seems so odd because uh, because what happens next? Like what what's the next mm-hmm. globally just sort of understood term? Right. Well, let me ask you: Is it the fact that they try to trademark uh, the phrase "Let's Play," or that they are trying to protect um, user generated videos or videos that portray a gameplay experience from the point of view of a specific player? Using their software. Well, they didn't specifically say their software. The the, the 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 trademark was specifically for the term "let's play" in conjunction with streaming digital content. Oh, period. Period. Mm. I mean, to be fair, I haven't I haven't read like yeah. read the actual trademark request because you, yeah. I don't read lawyer. Uh-huh. But I but as it was broken down, and I can only assume I'm lied to. Um, as it was broken down, that's the way it was sort of sold. Because Nintendo, just a few years ago, did come down on YouTubers saying, hey, if you're going to play uh, our games and then upload those videos, we mm-hmm. are we still retain And, and that was them flexing the rights over their IP, Copy, which yeah. is very different than, than trademarking mm-hmm. the rights of people to just make videos in yeah, general. Because yeah. here's, here's something that makes me think about Sony, um, their long-term strategy. They're coming out with Project Morpheus. Did They have an official name now, right? PlayStation VR. PlayStation VR. And it's really cool. And I it's, will interject. Okay, it's, it's very really cool. Awesome. Sony makes really great audio mm-hmm. equipment. They own a music label. Mm-hmm. They own a film studio. I see where you're going with And this. they own uh, game studios. Mm-hmm. Now you put on a VR headset and you can experience all of those things. You can go to virtual concerts, films, and games, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I want to see a quote-unquote user's cut of a favorite Sony 3D virtual reality film? Because this person has always got the coolest perspective. Um, imagine Star Wars 20 on PlayStation, PlayStation You heard it here, Star Wars 20 has just been announced. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 3D virtual reality You film. worked at LucasArts, didn't you? Yeah, back in the day. Uh-huh. Star Wars 20 has just been announced. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars Episode yeah. 20. Right. Actually, they're going to skip all even-numbered Star Wars because... Uh, Only do prime-numbered Star <laughs> yeah, Wars. Yeah. Star Wars Prime. <laughs> 7. 11. Yeah. Uh, 15, no, no. 17? Seven, yeah. <laughs> 19? Yeah. Okay, I'm done listening. Probably. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I could see them saying, you don't have the right to engage our software from your perspective cut it into a video and then sell it in any way, shape, or form, or monetize it. And call it. But, the, but specifically, you would yes. have to call it Let's, Let's play, play for the yeah. trademark to come right. into effect. Okay. So I think it was. I think it's beyond that. I think it's more of, hey, all of you are using the term mm-hmm. Let's Play to stream all this mm-hmm. various content. We own that. Right. We get a, uh-huh. a piece of that advertisement, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, or you can't use it. Because I don't think it has anything to do – because in order for it to work for their own, their own mm-hmm. property, you would have to use the term – Let's play okay. specifically, um, and so I don't think it's its inward thing. I think right. it's very much an outward, outward thing. thing. Okay, um, and maybe they had plans. Maybe they had plans mm-hmm. like if this goes through, we're going to launch this platform, capitalize on this name right. to build our own social right. streaming platform. Right. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, yeah, you you try to think of it not being as completely nefarious, mm-hmm. but without more information, it's hard to see it as yeah. anything. But maybe they had the best of intentions. Maybe they just wanted it to protect it. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, without any information, you really can't say. But it still, without information, looks a little odd. Yeah, I think what's more interesting because we we don't know why they attempted to do that. What's more interesting to me is the, is the subject that I brought up, which is like, what are some of the interesting 
things that we're going to be able to do in the near future Full that would make content. yeah that would make a publisher or someone who owns an IP nervous. Um, just like a developer is nervous about uh, a customer being able to resell the game that they bought just a, a day ago mm-hmm. when I'm trying to recoup my development costs. Huge losses, yeah. Yeah. How would I be like, yeah, how would I be concerned about like, oh, I wanted people to buy this expensive VR film so that they could experience it, but instead they're able to get really good cuts of it from other users who just put out Mm. a Let's Play version of the the, experience. Honestly, that's the biggest negative to this Let's Play, I I want to say phenomenon, this Let's Mm. Play system is that it spoils the game. So if I watch, say it was a game like Hard Rain. Or Heavy Rain, mm-hmm. Heavy Rain. Uh, heavy Rain, great game. But once you know the end, you don't ever have to play it. Mm-hmm. Because that, the, it's a story-driven game. Yeah. It's really not about the gameplay. Mm-hmm. So if I watch someone do a last play of Heavy Rain, I'd never buy the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's the concern, right? Because, yeah, I mean, in, in certain game types, just knowing what happens, uh, watching all the cutscenes and, and seeing all the unlockables is enough. You don't ever mm-hmm. have to play it. And I can see that being a real concern. Yeah, where it's going to be an interesting uh, problem to solve because, as I understand it, I can't go to a concert and record it and then upload that video. I can't go to a sports game, nope, record it and then because the rights to that video are owned. Yeah. yeah. So how is it that with the wonders of the internet, we were able to get away with it? Well, we're not technically. It's not legal yeah, to do that, okay. but most IP holders. Don't care because because they, it actually does help them. Right? Because it does help them. My it, engagement, yeah, my reten- I mean, yeah. retention. If I didn't have access yeah. to um, the equivalent of let's plays or coaching or um, uh, esports broadcasts mm-hmm. of competitive games like StarCraft, I would have stopped within the first couple of days because I can't compete. Sure, you know, and, and you know, but you have because a, of access to that content, I, I yeah. yeah, I'm reinvigorated or I learn things and, and I, I try. A lot it, of people yeah. look at Nintendo as this uh-huh. or, as these bad guys in this situation where Nintendo came in, said all these videos in YouTube that are using RIP, showing videos of RIPs, they're not allowed to do that, and so they have to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's like, oh, Nintendo is just evil. But here's the thing: Nintendo basically said you have to stop advertising on videos of our stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can still use our stuff. They were well within their rights legally to not allow video of their IPs, period, just to say none of it, right? But they're like, hey, Mm -hmm. use our IPs. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Just stop making money off Mm -hmm. our stuff. There's advertisement. And I think they've instituted a system where you can now show advertisements and it's like a split revenue Mm -hmm. kind of deal. I don't know. Or or their Nintendo advertisements or something like that. I don't remember um, specifically. But it's like... On one hand, uh, the 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 internal rebellious youth in me is just like that's stupid. Come on, Nintendo, I should just be able to do this. You're you have all this money anyway. What do you care about mm-hmm. the YouTube channel? Uh, but then you know the rest of me is like, well, it really is theirs. Yeah. <laughs> it's their right to do it, and they were nice enough to allow everyone to continue using their IPs, yeah. even though they didn't have to. We just mm-hmm. allowed to make money off their stuff, which I could totally get. Yeah. So. Um, well, I think Let's Play is a really important part of gaming culture now because mm-hmm. I think so many of us grew up in when households were larger and we had tons of siblings or, or cousins or arcades mm-hmm. where, yeah, it was 
half of the, if not actually the most of your gaming experience was witnessing someone else and egging them on Watching, or, yeah. or teasing them or whatever. And homemade tournaments with your yeah, own like, brackets. Right. On yeah. Board. Land parties with the original, mm-hmm. uh, Xbox games. Um, but now there, it's like, yeah, there's so many single kid households that it's like, it's mm-hmm. harder to do that. And, uh, or as your friends mature out of the hobby, um, sure. grow up, grow out of the hobby or whatever, um, then you, you still have this, desire to, to engage on that social level that you can't um, otherwise. And so yeah. Let's and Plays let's, are great. Let's Plays can be that. part of that. Yeah. Or maybe you're busy doing other stuff, but you still want to be part of right. the gaming experience. Yeah. You just stream outside uh-huh. of it. Yeah, absolutely. The social elements of games, I mean, that's not a, really up for debate. Yeah. It's just the legality of, of when people make money off of it. But at the same time, a lot of those streams stop existing because people that's people's jobs. And yeah. So what do you do then? And it's odd because, I mean, I don't mean to use this term in a negative fashion, but there's all these parasitical markets, right? And I don't mean that in the negative way you would normally mm-hmm. use the term parasite, but that's effectively yeah. what they are. Like these Let's Play industries, people that do YouTube video re- or reviews of games and stuff like mm-hmm. that, where that's their jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. You have entire careers that have sort of cropped up mm-hmm. in the wake of the popularity is medium. Uh, and so all of a sudden you have to really look at the legal ramifications and who's making what benefit and how and what's really being hurt, what's really being gained. Yeah. And um, and I, I don't think money's real and so it scares yeah. me. And I, I, mean, they, I try not to think about it. Everybody who loves games and whether they consume them as players or as video watchers or as developers, or mm-hmm. we're all on the wrong side of the equation because – the truth is, it's the internet service providers who are on the right side Screw of the those screen. guys. Because they <laughs> doesn't matter how you consume the content, whether you're playing online, downloading it online, mm-hmm. or watching a, a video of it being played, you're using bandwidth and you're paying for it. That's where the money's being made right now. We're all like What a bunch of goofs. We're those we're arguing heads. over 20% off Steam sales or pennies. <laughs> You know, fractions of a penny per video view. When in truth, it's the ISP who's making all the money. So you're saying the people that own the railroad. Yeah, it's owning the pipe. Yeah, sure. Comcast makes <laughs> ice giant <laughs> right. match with rock. <laughs> if you think about it, though, this ice giant figure, mm-hmm. like if you look closely, looks like a Nordic Gabe Newell. Oh, right, a little yes. bit. Half Life uh-huh. Three confirmed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Biggest rock uh-huh. is best rock. Um, and yeah. In case we didn't mention it, we're talking about <laughs> figures that came from like copy of Blood Rage, yeah. a game I just bought. They're not dolls. They're action figures. Yeah, they're action figures. <laughs> Actually, they don't, they're not even action figures. Are they? they don't move. They're just posed. So they're dolls. They're statues. They are got. They have a pedestal. Statuettes. They're statuettes. <laughs> they're magnificent. I know. Two and a half inch tall. The resin. That's three resin. inches at least. Three inches. Yeah. Solid resin. Well, I didn't want to seem like I was overcompensating. <laughs> three is... Computer figurines. <laughs> figurines. Yeah. There you go. Not even figures. Figurines. I have a bunch of them too. So <laughs> he we, makes his own figurines. I do. I but well, you know, so okay. So in the the in the in the name of total transparency, we're talking about <laughs> software piracy. Mm-hmm. Um which a little bit I have a hard time believing the evils of software piracy because I still subscribe to the old school of thinking, which is the original definition of theft is when I take something and deprive you of it. But since software is infinitely replicable, I'm not actually depriving you of it. I've just made a copy of it, right, which isn't really theft. The law has been modified, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to say that that is theft. 
But I take it a step further. Uh, so I play these tabletop war games, mm-hmm. and I built a resin pressure casting studio in my garage. So I can literally buy one of these figures, make a silicon mold of it, and then reproduce them with my own resin. He's a hardware pirate. I, you are the well, equivalent. It's like a terrible equi- thing to do. You know what? In your in your Ching Chong Choi fireman's game, <laughs> the, the laundromat that burns down or whatever it is is actually your garage because you're operating like a. I'm gonna go to hell and have to play that <laughs> game like, for eternity. <laughs> you're like the but equivalent like, of a. Sweat, Chinese sweatshop it's producing already, knockoff purses. I know. And, and it is already players. such a niche market so that, you know, they don't have the same money pool as other markets. So I, I'm really kind of a dick for stealing this <laughs> stuff, but they're just so expensive. And I wanted the challenge of being able to do it for myself. No, so. It's admirable that you would go through, like, the craft of being able how to make it. Now you, too, can become yeah. uh, a figure maker who ends up So they need, they basically off. need security on the figures that makes them yeah. unmoldable. Well, so that's what, well isn't that what... Um, the uh, Disney Infinity and um, uh, Skylanders and yeah, but the chips we, inside those are reproducible, but not readily by a guy with a resin vacuum thingy. I will. I will, I'm going to interject and say a guy willing to build a, a resin casting studio in his garage is also willing to build an RFID uh, <laughs> reader. I'm just saying, like. Now you've given me a new job. Now yeah. I'm going to have to yeah, do yeah. this on the point of honor. I'm just going to have to figure out how to steal you everything. Can make, yeah, and you and then you can make whatever figure you want. So you can make like some really screwed up, scary looking versions of Disney figures. But the thing is, to Disney me, figures. is that like the figures themselves are so super cool that I yeah. want. Yeah. And the thing about the Disney Infinity characters and stuff like that, because I now have that game, which uh-huh. I've been playing a ton of. Um, you only need one tabletop war games I would need like 50 of these yeah, guys yeah. at 50 bucks be, I mean they're yeah. expensive it's expensive hobby. anyway we're way off topic now <laughs> um, any games you're playing recently before we wrap up uh, well you convinced me to through the steam sale to finally yes, get XCOM. XCOM what do you think I'm only 20 minutes into it <laughs> I keep going back to Starcraft 2 you wound me oh my god <laughs> you know what Stop. it is I'm it's gonna call just Quinn the pace, and be the like, pace is too slow for me well you gotta start you gotta get you just get through a couple missions. Okay, you start I'll get to get a feel it. for your character. It's sort you start of like building your yeah, base. Yeah. Uh, there's the first mission you hit where there's like a, it's timed, you know. Yeah. And then you're gonna start picking up. Okay. But yeah, you playing your super fast Twitch based stuff. Yeah. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get you grounded from StarCraft Two. I'm gonna call Queen <laughs> and be like, he hit me. I said something about StarCraft. He hit me. And uh, and then you're gonna be banished from StarCraft in the household. You'll have to play yeah. XCOM, and I will be victorious. Right. Um, I introduced Quinn to uh, Two Dots on her iPad, and so we play um, that. At, have you you played it? I played cute. the upgrade. Version three dots. No, I haven't. <laughs> two dots is very I've not cute. played two dots. I believe Kara does. I believe okay. my wife does. I like it. It's better than Candy Crush, in my opinion. It's a simple wow. yeah. format. But, uh, um, and I can't, well, I still have yet to buy uh, any next gen consoles because, you know, Mr. Retired Unemployed here, or underemployed. So I don't oh, you need a console. You've got StarCraft 2. Yeah, I got StarCraft 2. And too. XCOM. Everything mm-hmm. a body needs. It's got electrolytes. Yep. And then, of course, just uh, my Spray to Pro. So I've been making little puppets. And Doing actual work. Actual actual work. Well, nice. really poor work, actually. Well, you know. Yeah. All, watching all videos, work starts as poor. Yeah, watching videos of this obscure application called Unity and then saying, wait a second, I recognize that voice. <laughs> I do that too. That's where I'm Mike. like, how it's do I Mike. do this thing? And yeah. then I look it up and I'm like, I'm listening. I'll watch it almost an entire one of my videos and be like, oh, okay, there's some good information. I'm like, wait a minute, that voice, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible at recognizing myself on the internet. I don't I know, sound anything I like I think recently, I sound. like, oh, this is going to be good. This is exactly what I need. And th- at the end of the five minute video, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And he even showed me this live in person. Was it one did, of mine? Yeah, it was about the uh, animation um, states. Uh, 
creating layers in multiple states. And oh, like that. yeah. Something about that. And uh, I showed you here in my Yeah, I know. Post. That's what I'm saying. He actually showed me live, and I still can't make heads <laughs> or tails of it. I had it working uh, really well where I had, like, one figure manipulating the spear via um, procedurally, you know, looking yeah. at the terrain below it. Your stuff actually played, looks pretty cool. Yeah, and then animation um, on top of that. And then suddenly I did something to one of the bones, and it just broke, and it stopped doing it. And I was like, what no! All the animations you set up are for a different structure if you change it. Yeah, I think that's what happened. So you have to change your bag. Yeah, so it sucks, but it is what it is. You can change the stuff. Yeah. Oh, we should mention uh, Global Game Jam. Yes, yep. So, All of this is practice for Global Game Jam. That's right. Um, I'm going to try to stream uh, the de- development a bit. Okay. Um, it, it depends on what the internet's like at the site. Uh, so we're doing uh, Cleveland. That's right. We have to share that Wi-Fi with everybody. But un- I, for, it's my understanding that that building actually has fiber. Oh. And we just got to get the building owners to allow us to tap into it. So if it works well, I'm going to I'm going to be streaming some dev. And, okay. Uh, obviously, would welcome you to stream as well. Um, now, are you going to be there on a, in an official capacity or is just a jammer? Uh, muscle manos, right? It's mm. uh, sort of official, sort of not. Um, it's kind of a gray area. Uh, but uh, I will. I'll bring swag. Anyway. Okay. Um, so we'll call that official. All right. Uh, but I will be helping out. I think I'm going to do some presentations. But most of them, I'm also going to be building a game and just sort of okay. hanging out and stuff like that. So, um, so we need to make a game and whatnot. And anyone listening to this, if you don't participate in Global Game Jam, you're dead to me. Um, or you know, just go participate in Global Game Jam. It's awesome. It's at the end of this month. It's coming up. Yeah, it's the it's the last weekend of January every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always a secret theme. You don't really know what it's going to be. You get together, everyone gets all amped up and get 48 hours to make a game and uh it's just a lot of fun and still to this day i go back to projects that i've made and i learn something from them because you sort of go into this frantic haze where you sort of black out and wake up 48 <laughs> hours later with a game you're like how do i even do that and then you go back later and you look through the codes and they think oh that's an interesting and, way of doing that it's really cool to see other people's creative process mm-hmm. or to realize that for a lot of people this may be their only opportunity to collaborate on a project of if they're any, a lot yeah, of business yeah. developers and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe they're not game people at all yeah. this is their one opportunity even to make games um, there's one uh, uh, group of people that always make this very serious, heartfelt game. So I always try to go right after them because my game is always everything, not that. Um, so it, it's a good time. So if, for anyone listening who uh, who doesn't participate in Global Game Jam, certainly consider it. Um, everyone, there's a local site to everyone because Global Game Jam is truly global. It's all over the place. I think every year they break the Guinness Book of World Records for largest game dev event, number of games mm-hmm. built, and stuff like that. Like. Like 2,700 games built in a single weekend or something. It's ridiculous. So uh, definitely check it out. Um, certainly certainly a cool event. And uh, keep an eye out. Uh, hopefully we'll be streaming some stuff and at least hanging out, answering some questions and uh, whatever we can do with them. Maybe we'll do a Let's Play. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We'll make a game called Let's Play and then we'll copyright the term. There you go. <laughs> we won't trademark it. We'll patent it. We'll be like, well, it's called Let's Play. It's collaborative. Um Okay, I think we're rambling at this point. Yeah, we're probably well over an hour, right? All right. Well, anyway, this is Spice Video Game. Uh, I, I don't know why you're even saying that because we've probably already cut the video at this point or the audio. I, at I this almost point. said Mike, Mike's video game contest. <laughs> How weird is that? This is uh, Mike's video game podcast, episode 11. I'm Mike Guy. I'm Mike Wu. Thank you all for listening to this weird rambling of nonsense. <laughs> and uh, go play Blood Rage. You're a bunch of Vikings. Start the Ragnarok. Or finally cut into that uh, Steam holiday sale games list you bought. Play XCOM. Yes, I will. Learn to ride a bike. (laughs) Make a kite. Fly a paper airplane.
Play hopscotch. 